God is good? All the time? Let's open our Bibles in 1 Peter chapter 4. This is a Bible text that I think is important for us today, not only as church members of this church, not only for me as a pastor who is moving to another church, but also as Adventists, people who believe Jesus Christ is coming soon. When you have to leave to a new place, when you have to move to another place, when you have to leave something behind, it's always hard to say the right thing. In my case, I don't, I don't have the words sometimes to say it. Maybe, I can, maybe you can say, Pastor, you talk a lot every time. You just talk. You don't never stop talking. Even the youth can say, can you stop talking? You know, you keep different things. But the reality is that when you have to leave a place that you love, you like, and you know the people, it's hard to just express and say some things. Thank God that we have people in the Bible that left something, a message not only for me, but also for you. Chapter 4, verse number 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-control that you can pray. First of all, I want to tell you that I think you know by now as a seven-day Adventist, you know that we are living the last days. You know and me that Jesus Christ is going to come anytime. It could be in my time or it could be in my kid's time, but he's coming anytime. We know that the end is here. And one thing that we usually need to learn and be reminded is that when the end is here, especially as we talk these last days, we need to remember that we need to pray. You pray not only for yourself. You pray for your family. You pray for others. You pray. But in order for that to happen, you need to think and you need to remember that you need to be clear-minded. You need to be clear in your mind. And usually we have so much in our mind. We have so much in our lives that it's so difficult to think that we can absolutely pray. And to have a clear mind, as the Bible mentioned, and to be self-controlled, you need to decide right now if you really want to pray, if you really want to follow God, if you really need to pray and talk to God. The only way you are going to accomplish to have that clear mind, and the, the, the only way that you are going to accomplish to pray is going to be for you to say, you know what? I need prayer, so I'm going to pray every day. This much amount of time, this time I'm going to do it. When we don't do it, when we don't think like that, and we just think, well, if I have time, I'm going to do it, I'm going to tell you it's not going to happen. We need to pray. Pray for each other. It was wonderful to see Dave calling everybody to pray for me and my family. We need prayer, just in case you don't know. We need prayer because we are human beings. We make mistakes. And I'm going to tell you something. Pastors are not the one who one day you decide and said, oh, I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to go to this church because I love to be hit by people. I love to be hit every time I preach. It's not something nice many times. 
and we need prayer. You need prayer. Your sons and daughters need prayer. Pray at the end time. But he doesn't stop there. The Bible text doesn't stop there. Verse number 8 starts by saying, Above all. Do you know what that means? Above all. It means there are more things, there are other things, and it's going to be maybe only one thing, but there is something else that is even more important that maybe goes above everything else that sometimes we just don't think is, is, is the thing that I need to know today. Above all, the Bible text says, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Church, love each other. But not just love each other. And this is the agape love. It's not just love each other. He's saying, and the word that is used there is to go even deeper, deeper in agape love. It's such a thing. We usually teach about agape love. Oh, you do this. But he's saying go even deeper than that. Sacrifice yourself. Give everything you have for your brother, for your sister. You love, love your brother. Love the church. This is nothing new. When Jesus was here talking to his disciples, before he was leaving, he was talking about loving each other. He was talking about being like a family, being followers of Christ in love. And I'm going to tell you, love each other. But you are going to love each other not because it's something beautiful that you are going to feel. You are going to love each other because that is going to cover what, says the Bible? It's not one sin. You and me, we are sinners not because we are sinful with only one thing. We sin com- like almost all the time. We think in a wicked way sometimes. We say things that we are not supposed to be saying. We act in ways that we're not supposed to be acting if we are followers of Christ. But you know what? If you are part of a loving church, all of those things is going to be like, woo, gone. You're not going to be thinking about the details of somebody doing something to you. You're not going to be thinking about the details of how come the pastor is not doing that, how come this family is not doing that, because love is going to cover a multitude of sins. And this church, being the church of God, being the church of God here in the city of Orange, is going to be a church family, a godly church family, where only God can lead the church by love. And whoever goes through those doors are going to find the love that they need here, and they are going to be accepted, and they are going to be loved, and they are going to be guided to the cross. Love each other. Because it covers a multitude of sins. This Bible text won't apply to you if you are not a sinner. But I guess nobody can tell me right now, Pastor, I'm not a sinner. So this applies to you. 
And if you believe we are living the end time, as the Bible text is mentioned, as Adventists that you are, you are going to apply this to your life. Verse number 9. Offer hospitality to one another without crumbling. And when you look for that word, it's not only like, it's like without any hesitation, without any kind of like madness saying, ah, I don't want to do that. Why do we have to bring somebody to this house? And the beautiful thing of this is not saying allow for the pastor to be invited to your house. Allow for your brother to be invited to your house. No, you be hospital. You just go and you said, hey, you want to come to my house? Hey, you want to spend time with me? It's about you doing something and inviting somebody else into your house. The Bible is very Simple and clear about this. Sometimes we wait for somebody to invite us. Sometimes we wait for somebody to come and visit us. It's not about that church. It's about you and me being open to the point that you are going to say, Ruby, I want you to come to my house this Sabbath. What about you, Kurt? I want you, I want you to come. Come on, come. It's about you doing something, not waiting for somebody to do something for you. Mi casa es su casa. That's a Mexican saying. We even have a, something at home. Mi casa es su casa. Some people change that and say, mi casa is mi casa. Like say, my house is my house. It's a little selfish, non-Christian person. Mi casa es su casa. You be like that. You open the doors of your home to someone. And if you do it, don't complain after opening the doors to someone. Verse number 10 each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. This church has lots and lots of gifts. Every church has gifts. Every church and every one of you, you have Talents, you have gifts, use it. The least thing we can think, youth, at these days, is for you to work so hard studying, for you to do so much studying, to accomplish so much in life, but for you to think that only by accomplishing those great things you are going to be famous and you are going to be happy, but the reality is this, and this is for everyone. We need to serve. Jesus Christ came to serve. He came not waiting for somebody else to serve him, but he came thinking in how he can serve you. And we have gifts and we have talents. And you youth, when you study and you finish a career, use it to serve. And if you already have a career, you can be, I don't know what career, lawyer, I'm not going to know, nothing to do with Bible, but you know, lawyer, doctors, uh, teachers, you said to serve. God is giving you the tools 
to accomplish great things. But if we ignore all of that, the church is not, gonna, is, is, is not going to grow. God is not going to be able to work through you. You serve. This church is here in this city to serve. I was so happy to know, and maybe we even forget to, to add it to the list that they've put together. I was so happy to know years back, two years or something like that back, when I remember uh, the AA group coming here, the Alcoholic Anonymous, and asking for a place. And I was so happy to know so well many of you that I felt so comfortable of saying, this is your place, you can meet here. Because we need to serve. And when they approach me and they give their, their, their I don't want to call you the rent because they don't pay rent, they just want to give, I mean, well, what do you, I don't know, offering, the what? Donation, that's it. When they come and they, and they can see me and they give the donation, they are so grateful that they are meeting here. Yes, you can say, Pastor, but they smoke. Yeah, but they smoke in the back, over in the patio, over there in the back, in the, no, the patio, the parking lot. But they are here. And you just never know when the Lord is going to touch one of those lives to be here. Because we are here to serve. Sometimes we worry so much about our image that take us away from anything else and more than that, take us away from the work that we are supposed to be doing here because we're thinking about us. We're thinking about the church. But I always thought that the church was a hospital, wasn't it? Wasn't like a hospital? Or you are, I mean, if you are well already, I mean, then what are you doing here? Because I'm here because I need the Lord. I'm here because I need to hear what the Lord is planning for my life. I'm here because during the week I make so many mistakes that I want him to know that he is still my Lord and my Savior. And I'll be walking, I'll be walking by faith because every time I come here, I know that he forgets my sins. And I keep moving on life. We are here to serve. Serve others faithfully. If anyone, verse number 11, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. What kind of words you use when you speak to someone? How do you talk to someone? How do you approach someone when he's in need? How do you approach to someone when that person approaches you, hoping that you are going to give that person the welcome? You speak as God saying those words. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.
When you serve, you do it with everything you have. Last week, I was telling you about not stopping, not stop working. You have to keep working. And if you work, you do it with everything you have. Don't be afraid to the commitment. Sometimes we have this idea of this, this being afraid of commitment because we think if I fail, what everybody else is going to think. The commitment is not with anybody else other than with God. And you know what I have learned? That many people have committed in the Bible, like Peter, and he failed many times. But the commitment is not for you to be there all the time, wow, what everybody else is going to say. But the commitment is that when you are there and you fail during that commitment, you are committed to stand again and keep walking and do the ministry. That's the commitment. Peter failed, Moses failed, many of them failed, but they all stand and keep working because they have a commitment with God. Serve with all you have. Serve with everything you have. Not waiting on anything else other than God at the end being praised. You know, the end times are here. And for me, probably the end time in this church, my own personal, this is my end time today. Because after today, maybe I'm not going to see many of you. Maybe after today, I'm going to see some of you. Maybe after today, I'm not going to know anything about many of you or maybe this church. But being this the end time for me, please remember, Love each other. Serve. Work hard. Say the right things to each other. Keep portraying the image of God being alive in your life, in this church. Work hard for this church, not for anybody else, not for the pastor. Work hard for this church, the one that Christ himself came to die for. You work hard for them. After all, the head of this church is not the pastor, is not the head elder, even that is head elder. It's not you, it's not your ministry. The head of this church is Christ. He's the one that selects people to do ministry. He's the one that selects elders to be leaders. He's the one that selects pastors. I'm here thinking, after all those pictures being crazy, why did he select me? Why Pepe? And then all those weird names that sometimes Bob changed Pepe for Pepe. It's totally wrong. It's totally wrong. He is the one that selects people, not you. Not me. And once he selects people, he equips them with whatever they need. I always ask the question every time I, I finish and I, I leave a church and I go to another one. Why do you send me here, Lord? 
I've been in one church for three years, another one for a year and a half, and this one for six years. No, five. I keep saying six. Five years. And I always ask the same question. Why do you send me here, Lord? And I always have an answer. And I always have found an answer in each church why he sent me there. And maybe he sent me here, I think, to learn and to bring together the family of God so the family of God can grow with the next pastor or next leader that comes. And maybe the next thing I'm going to see or I'm going to hear from the church is, have you heard the great things that Orange Church is doing in Orange County? Because you are not a small church. God is leading this church. You are not a small church. And you don't stop working. God knows why, why he sent me here and my family. Am I afraid of what is going to happen next time? Yes. A church with over 2,000 members. But the Lord knows. And the same confidence that I have that the Lord knows why he's sending me over there, I want you to have the Lord knows why he has selected you to be here in this church, to be the leader in the church, to be doing what you're doing. But you believe and you listen to the call and you work and you commit to that call. And if you fail, don't feel bad. Stand up again. Christ died for you. And you keep working. There's a lot of work to be done still. I have a lot of dreams that I still didn't finish. And maybe I'm going to die old without even finishing those dreams. But somebody else is going to finish that. Let the Lord use you, guide you, and bless this church. The Lord is calling people. And sometimes the only thing we need to ask is like, what do you want me to do, Lord? You see, he's calling people to love each other. That's, that's, a, that's a simple thing that many of us don't want to even admit. But for me, when I read, when I just finished reading this passage, when I think about that passage, saying the end time is here, and says above all, and he's talking about prayer, prayer is important, but above all, your love, your work, your service is so important above all. It makes me realize that my church, your church, needs to grow in that love and that service. But that opportunity comes when he calls you.
Here I am, Lord. And that's the call that we have received. What do you want me to do? But I don't want to leave this place by knowing that he's also calling you. He's calling you to work. He's calling you to ministry. He's calling you to love each other. And my wife and I, Pani, we are grateful that the Lord has sent us here. We are grateful that you accept my family as part of your family. That's difficult. That happens in many churches, believe me. But you have accepted my family as your family. And we are happy that we came here. Thank you for being so good with us. Here I am, Lord. What are you going to answer? I want to ask you to stand because I want to pray for you and this church. Heavenly Father, at this moment, we are so grateful that you have brought this church into our lives. so grateful that we met so many people here, godly people, noble, humble people. I want to ask you for you to bless this church, for the power of your Holy Spirit to be here and to lead this church. I want to ask you for you to never leave this church alone, but to encourage them to keep preaching the message that Jesus Christ is coming soon that there is forgiveness in the cross that you can accomplish great things not by yourself but only with God I want to ask you Lord for this church to share the same things they share with us with the next one who is coming behind us to lead this church Thank you because we know you are God and you listen and you know the pain. You know the happiness that we feel. You know the struggles that we have. And among all those things, you keep loving us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we want to ask all of this. Amen.